Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Not Defined by Endo with me, Teniola. I have been on a mission, a mission to find and amplify the voices of amazing people who have founded health-focused businesses, services, or not-for-profit organizations. These people are working really hard to make a positive difference in the lives of people battling different kinds of health issues or those just wanting to make better decisions regarding their health. Why am I doing this? Well, I'll tell you why. Living with illness is so difficult. Sometimes, no, most times, it consumes and overwhelms us. It takes over our lives until we feel like there is nothing left to enjoy. So I decided that this season of the podcast would focus on people doing something good for health. Many of these founders discovered strength from their own personal lives and stories and are making such a great impact. I wanted to speak to them, understand their motivations and get excited by what they have to offer. So join me on this journey and let's meet these inspirational people together. Welcome, Anna, to Not Defined by Endo podcast today. I'm so happy to have you on the show and I'm excited to, you know, go through your journey, your experiences and what you are offering women all over the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to to be part of uh, your podcast. Yeah, me too. Um, so let's begin. I want to start by asking you a question about yourself, which is usually what I do. I feel like I need to t- switch it around <laughs> what <else> I <laughs> and ask about yourself at the end or something. So I know the, from the little I know, I know you are also an endometriosis warrior and advocate. So can you share a bit about your story from, you know, your symptoms and, you know, what your journey has been like having endometriosis? Yes, of course. Um, so uh, I started this uh, journey is a great word, but uh, <laughs> it's not a good one when you think about endometriosis. But I remember I was around in my mid 20s when I started having really bad period cramps. And at the time I was living in London and I went to, of course, uh, the gynecologist and they found fibroids. So I started having fibroids and they didn't see any endometriosis at the time. So it started just basically getting worse and worse. The pain uh, was increasing. The number of days uh, where I had pain was increasing. And I used to go back to Spain often since it's easy. Now I'm in New York, but when when I was in London, it it was really easy. And I think I, I often say I'm one of those lucky ones that got diagnosed relatively quickly. Okay. My doctor, I always kept my OBGYN in Spain, who's a, f- a family friend, and he spent about an hour with me explaining everything when he found that I had endometriosis. And that is so rare, right? Very rare. Very, you're definitely rare. So I will never forget sitting there and he explained and he drew and he drew everything. And this is your uterus and these are your ovaries and this is what's happening. 
And I had never heard of endometriosis in my life, right? So that was, I guess, the, the, the seed that got planted in me in terms of how important the role of a doctor is to, first of all, to feel seen and heard. And second of all, is to tell you, right? To tell you what's going on. So I was very lucky that A, he found it straight away with an ultrasound and B, that he took the time to explain everything to me. So I started then uh, going through surgeries and I said surgeries because I've been through five of them. So over the period of a decade, um, I ended up having those five surgeries, normally uh, laparoscopy. And the last surgery, I had it about two and a half years ago. And in previous years, I got diagnosed that it was stage four endometriosis. Okay. Wow. And my colon had been infiltrated as it happens a lot uh, with endometriosis. So I, I, they kind of told me, you know, we can watch this. We can see how it goes at the moment. There is no need to operate. But then my life became a nightmare. (laughs) So I was a partner at a company in London. I was heading global sales and marketing. I had a big team underneath me and I was trying to do my job, you know, just do my job. And I would sit there in meetings with three male partners, three guys. They're looking at me like, oh, here she comes, you know, period time, right? Kind of not wanting to, feeling awkward and looking at me in a weird way. And I was just bending down with pain, bending down. So I basically, you know, one day I sent them a link. There was a front page feature on the guardian had did a massive feature about endometriosis and finally I got it to I basically was like okay um, this is my chance to tell them what I'm going through and so I did and I never got an answer back really right so and that was again another point of 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 kind of influence in my life something that you know kind of my memory stops there and I'm like oh wow this is big because they have wives, they have daughters, they have sisters and cousins, and but uh, they don't want to know. And I think really it's not their fault. I think it's just society through generations yeah. have taught us to stay quiet. Yep. Then it came to the point uh, where I moved to the US. I had been through four surgeries at that point in time. I was married at the time. I... I was told I couldn't have children anymore. And then in my last, it's still very hard for me to talk about it. In my last surgery, they basically had to break the news that they had to perform a full hysterectomy and a colon resection. So they had to cut my colon and put it back together and get rid of that little piece. Mm. I was infiltrated with endometriosis. So you were mentioning before is not just endometriosis it's the ramifications it's the trauma it's the pain it's the infertility possibility it's the menopause or surgical menopause as it was my case Um, there are so many 
different aspects to endo. And I just realized, okay, I need to do something about this. I can't stand it anymore. You know, I can't, I, I, I suffer when I hear stories. And I called the Endometriosis Foundation of America. And I told them I wanted to volunteer my time. I wanted to help. So I'm now um, chair of their advisory board and uh, I'm helping on a voluntary basis. And then I decided with my own savings to start Hormone University. So that was last year and we are creating a wonderful community. I have got good business acumen from so many years leading teams and and, uh, sales and marketing in, in different companies. So I thought, well, I'm going to take my knowledge and my personal experience to create the first platform that can really educate and help women understand what happens when you go through hormonal imbalances. So that was the start of Hormone University. (laughs) Wow. There's, I feel like there's so much to unpack there. So I'm going to take you back and thank you, first of all, for sharing your very, your, your painful story. I know the feeling like sometimes you just feel like you're drowning in, you know, your, in your life and your experiences. And I think one of the hardest things for me has been that there's no cure. So it's like, it's like you have, you're told that you have this disease and it's not that they're telling you that, okay, there's a treatment plan. You know, this is how we're going to deal with it. It's really confusing. Like everyone is different. You need a multidisciplinary team to even, you know, take care of you and understand what the right treatments are. And there's still so much unawareness, even in the medical system. about it so first of all I applaud you for you know being sharing your story and you know encouraging people out there that they're not alone and also for what you started with Hormone University but I wanted to ask a few things the first thing is so you mentioned that you were one of the lucky ones who got diagnosed early enough and you had to have surgery five times so would you say that these surgeries were excision surgeries ablation surgeries or what was the reason for the continuous surgeries now i'm asking this because a lot of people in the endometriosis community have gone undergone loads of surgeries as well but for those that haven't gone through these surgeries they think surgery is the answer they think i just need to get that one surgery if i just can get the excision surgery then i'll be fine Mm. people a lot of people especially like you and others who have experienced multiple surgeries I want to share and I want people to be aware that a lot of times you have to do it over and over again so why would you say that happened in your case correct exactly um and because there is no known cure this is this is an issue right so in my personal case where I had laparoscopy excision surgery it would get um fine after a while and as we know or maybe some people don't know when your period comes back endometriosis can come back yeah so what we usually see and also also talking with our communities is that we tend to be women that cannot detoxify estrogen very well right yeah we're highly estrogenic and so The first thing I would say, if you want to avoid surgery, 
look at what you're eating on a daily basis, right? Um, I didn't know that at the time. And there are anti-inflammatory foods are really important. But going back to your question, in my case, I was, I think, unlucky because I cannot understand how it just came back again and again and again. So I, I actually don't have a specific answer. Uh, I would have loved to have avoided surgery so many times. I always say that's kind of like the last resort, right? It shouldn't be the rule. It should be the exception. So, and I know that in my particular case, they kind of burned a lot of my follicles, um, in my ovaries, which then led to, of course, a uh, very, very low probability of getting pregnant. Mm. So that's why I, my message really is, first of all, see what options do you have from a natural point of view, if you can, right? If the pain is relatively manageable um, and then kind of go up in the, in the ladder, right? Okay. If this is not working, what else can I do? And if it's, of course, unmanageable, then, you know, uh, unfortunately, that's just the case, right? We just get, they have to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I feel like many people also have ablation surgery, which is, well, said that it's not as good as um, excision just because it burns the surface of the endometriosis. And like you said, endometriosis is, you know, an estrogenic condition. It can build its own um blood blood vessels and things like that so yes it's really it's a really difficult disease and i think surgery can definitely make people's lives better um especially in the shot like for a while but many people end up saying you know, I had to have another surgery. Oh my God, the endometriosis has come back. Or maybe it's because they didn't take out everything. Because if you think about it, I've watched quite a few um, endometriosis surgeries or, you know, I've seen quite a few surgeries. I think I'm, I'm one of those weird ones that go on YouTube and say, what exactly does it mean? <laughs> right, right. And you can see that in there is just a whole mess. And I wouldn't be surprised if sometimes they actually take out what they can see. And then there are some spots left, which, you know, no one is perfect. It's not a perfect science. I used to think surgery was, you know, perfect. They know exactly, but it's really not a perfect science, even though, you know, they should use the right approaches, the right methods, like actual excision surgery. But like you were saying, it's just difficult for it to be that it's one surgery and that's the end. A lot of times people do this over and over again. So I just wanted to highlight that just so that people are aware of yeah. how and happen repeatedly good point great point absolutely yeah i'm so sorry once again about you know having to have a hysterectomy um because of the pain but i wanted to ask after you had a hysterectomy did your symptoms then you know really get better because once again one of the myths out there is that hysterectomy is, is the you know will take care of your endometriosis forever but I understand why they say that because, you know, sometimes it means that you're no more having periods, but then others say, like, I have a friend who had a full hysterectomy, but she had endometriosis on her, I think it was her lungs. So oh. she was still having cyclical pain. And it, when she 
try to really understand it she realized that it seemed like endometriosis was back but on her lungs even without endo- without having the female parts and all that so i wanted to ask your experience after your hysterectomy and yeah. you know what how did you feel after that yes so i had a full hysterectomy which basically means they take everything out including the uterus right yeah. so so that's one thing you you don't have to go that 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 route i had a whole mess and i also want to mention something there a doctor recommended me here in the us that i that i get the mirena okay the mirena coil the mirena coil and my the worst pain I ever encountered was right after that. Really? And five months later, I was in the operating room and they were performing a full hysterectomy. Oh, wow. So I don't have evidence nor facts Mm. uh, that that was a trigger. My gut tells me it was. It was absolutely horrendous. So just something to, it's food for thought. I'm not, I'm not stating any facts here, but it's food for thought. So my experience was, uh, well, first of all, you go into surgical menopause, which is not ideal. I can just tell you that I have no pain. And to me, look, it was very tough. The colon surgery was, I was really scared, really, really scared. The team that operated me was so good at what the, the, they were doing. So you have to have different specialists if you have a, a situation like mine. And um, they were just excellent professionals. And, you know, many people have asked me, is it worth it? Is it worth losing your female reproductive organs and having other consequences, you know, you suddenly go like, oh my God, hot flashes and night sweats and vaginal dryness and all these things that you're like, what happened to me? You know, what happened to my sexuality? What happened to all of that? And I want to be super open about it. It's tough, man. It is tough to deal with that. But you know what? I just, I'm just grateful. I have no pain. That is the quality of life that I was striving for. Mm. And it's it's a godsend. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I was, I think funny enough, the next I was going to ask you how you dealt with the, you know, medical menopause as a result of the hysterectomy, but <laughs> I think I've heard some. Yeah, you got it. You got it very straightforward. Um, I I uh, I use a functional medicine uh, doctor platform here in the US. Uh, I really love functional medicine. I'm, I'm more personally about that. And they have prescribed me bioidentical hormone treatment, which is uh, something I am a very big fan of. Okay. And I think it would be important for your audience to understand there is a big difference between, uh, let's say, the pill or a normal synthetic hormonal treatment and bioidentical hormone treatment because the, the the molecules of the bioidentical hormone treatment are 
much closer to our human molecules. Right. Uh, we actually did a, an interview. I encourage everyone to, to view. I interviewed a naturopathic doctor at Hormon University. And, uh, and she explains those differences really, really well so that people understand uh, more about it because it's very new. It's relatively new and, and still uh, not so much known about it, but highly recommended, at least from my personal experience. Okay. I'll put the link um, in the show notes for the interview so people can have a look if they're interested. Great. All right. So thank you once again for sharing, you know, your story and your journey. Like you said, it doesn't feel like a journey. It feels like a battle. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you've come out the other end and I'm happy that you're not in pain. For most of us, the, our quality of life, just to feel human and feel normal and, you know, go to work without bending over in pain and stop looking. I think for almost a year, I looked ridiculous at work before I finally got diagnosed when it got to the worst parts time of my life I was a mess like everyone just uh, people used to ask is Tenny okay like what's wrong but you know not everyone could come to me but I was a complete mess I think I was just lucky that my team which was a small team they they I, I I they understood especially when I told them I had been diagnosed with this condition it's rare my manager actually googled it so I'm really sorry that you didn't have that experience where and this is why we're raising awareness and people need to know it's not a taboo it's not your fault it happens and it could happen to anyone so Absolutely. people need to understand a bit more about these things and you know support people even when they don't understand you know how it affects the person but yeah it's been great just you know sharing your story and seeing a kindred spirit <laughs> um so now let's talk about hormone university I feel like yeah. I I have an idea of the answer to this, but I wanted to know what your motivation for starting this platform is. <laughs> you know, how, what made you say, you know what, I'm going to do this and, you know, just a bit more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I said before, I was one of the lucky ones that got to sit down with a doctor and he took the time to explain everything about endometriosis. But as I started looking into this and reading about the ramifications of what we all go through with endo, I was asking women that were coming to me, oh, hey, Anna, you know, you're volunteering for the endo foundation and I have this issue and I have that issue. And the, the, the common denominator was, I don't know about this. I don't know about what does that mean if I have stage four? What does that mean if I'm suddenly with all these hormones being in complete imbalance and et cetera, it's a long, et cetera. So I realized there is not enough education. Mm. There is just not enough education. And doctors have an average of 15 minutes with yep. a patient. So I got frustrated and I will always loved education. I think it's the foundation of everything. So I, that was my only motivation was how do I do something so that people have less suffering, women have less suffering, and they can advocate, especially they can advocate for themselves. I want women to go to a doctor and say, I know about X, Y, and Z. 
Now, what can you tell me about this? Because otherwise, we just don't have the knowledge. So my motivation, our motivation, because I have a wonderful team, is to educate women and men about hormonal conditions. Amazing mission. <laughs> so uh, how does it work? Is it a website where people just go to and can yeah. read resources and articles? Yeah. That has a membership or is it just all free resources? Go on there and get what you need. At the moment, it's completely free. And it's basically a platform where we have a range of topics. And you can see that on the menu all the topics you can imagine. And behind those topics, we have articles that we are basically doing research on. We also have a really, really good advisory board, a medical advisory board from very different fields in medicine. Um, I mentioned before uh, a natu- uh, naturopathic doctor. Um, we also have a, actually a, a UK doctor that specializes in endometriosis and fertility, Dr. Colin Davis, Mr. Colin Davis. And, uh, and we have uh, this team of doctors that are there as well. And they're, they're so, so valuable to us. So the objective for us is to impact 1 million individuals by 2023. And like I said, all free resources. We have a wellness planner there that's really useful. One pager where you can track your wellness goals. We have recipes that you can download. So I, I, I really encourage people to go to the website because there is so much information and we're spending a lot of time researching. And also once a month, we've started um, a Q&A with people that send us questions uh, over the course of time. So we collect those questions on Instagram. And uh, this next week, first week of May, we're going to dedicate it to answering those questions. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And, but I, there, is a, there is an important point here. Is many people ask us, what do I do about this? And we can't answer that. We, we, um, we, are, we are an educational platform, but we can't be your doctor as such, right? So it's important to highlight that. Yeah, that's important. Um, I think what you're doing is really, really important because I remember that when I was when I started my journey, I was very wary about just getting information from various websites, um, mm. which were like blogs and just you know all sorts of information. And this is actually one of the reasons I started the podcast and wanted to talk to professionals and, you know, people who know what they're talking about, because I know that it's easy. There's so much information, but a lot of it is rubbish. Um, So that's why I, so what you said about, you know, it's an educational platform, you know, you're doing a lot of research to bring this information easily to people, um, but then they have to do I think I guess take the next step and then go to their doctors armed with information. That's one of the posts on my Instagram. I'm like, go to your doctors armed with information. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's really great. I have a few uh, pop quiz questions, if I'll call it that. Nice. <laughs> um, well, not really pop quiz. I just wanted to say. So you were saying earlier that. Uh, you know, people ask you about imbalance, you know, moons and stuff like that. So what would you say that means when you say unbalanced hormone and what conditions would you say, 
you know, result from having these unbalanced hormones. I'm asking this because someone might be listening now, doesn't have endometriosis, doesn't have fibroids or doesn't know they do have it. And just wants to know what does this mean exactly? Absolutely. And I think we need to go back to what are hormones, right? So before we talk about imbalances, um, let's look at what are hormones and hormones are chemicals that are produced by our glands, right? But what many people don't know is that they kind of rule our bodies. They rule so many aspects of our lives. It's, 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 they're essential. They're really essential. So when things are out of whack, then that, that specific part that is potentially not great is of course being um, uh, without equilibrium, right? So, uh, the important point is to, to, to understand what they do. They are uh, controlled primarily by the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, uh, the thyroids. And so all of that, uh, all of those glands are doing and balancing perfectly as machines, perfect machines as, as we are, right? Yeah. So they deliver these messages and they control heart rate, they control our sleep, they control our reproduction, they control stress levels. So that is why it is super important to have balance with hormones. So, but it's a complex world, right? It's a very, very complex world. Okay. And then, so when it's not balanced, what happens then? What does this mean? So I understand that, you know, you control a lot of things, but what in the layman's terms, what does that mean when it's not balanced? I mean, you have many different signs. It just depends, right? So you could, some people think, oh my God, I'm feeling like uh, I'm in a bad mood and I feel really sad. Mm -hmm. And immediately in these days, oh, let me go to a psychiatrist. Mm. Well, you know what? It might just be that you have a hormonal imbalance because they that the mood is controlled by hormones, right? So acne, that's another one, right? Uh, insomnia is another one. Stress, of course, that's another one. So cramps, libido, there are so many different aspects. So what I what, what we usually encourage is when you're not feeling well, doesn't matter what aspect it is, it actually might be a hormonal imbalance. So you, what we recommend is get yourself tested, mm. test your hormones because something might be completely out of whack. And that is maybe that is what's causing that issue. Okay. And what would you say? Uh, so I know you said there are loads of things that could happen as a result of this imbalance, but what would you say are obvious or known female conditions that uh, that come up as a result of this imbalance? Yeah, so um, the most two common ones are PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, and endometriosis. So just those two make up for 20% of the adult female population. That's a lot. That's a lot. lot, Right? Um, And so... And that's, you know, these are statistics that uh, are a little bit old. And the more we talk to doctors and and specialists, the more they tell us, "Mm, we think it has increased. So 
Um, so those are the two most common ones that we see. Um, and then, of course, you have thyroid issues as well. That's, a, that's also a common one. Um, and, and then, you know, of course, the classic ones with PMS, uh, PMDD, the, those are the, you know, obviously the one that affect 80% of the adult female population, right? Well, thank you so much for for sharing this and for starting this platform. I think it's, like I said before, very important for us to educate ourselves because that way we can advocate for ourselves, we can fight for ourselves, and we can really go to our doctors who eventually will probably be the ones that would help us, but then them understanding a bit more. Like you said before, doctors have what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes to see you. And it's not their fault. Sometimes there's so much, you know, they're trying to do um, to see loads of people. So um, I think this would be really, really helpful to a lot of people. And I can't wait for more and more people. I can't wait for you to hit your target. Oh, oh thank you. One million, one million. It's, a, it's an ambitious target, but we're going to try. <laughs> one one thing I would, I would also say is think about when you go to and you start a new job, right? You want to go there and you want to know what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. you want to have that knowledge. So, you know, because of the world that we live in and doctors having such little time go there as if it's your job to to know and understand so that you know he can basically manage you as as your boss let's say right so um so yeah that's an analogy that I sometimes mention (laughs) I love that actually I love that I was going to say is there anything finally in particular you want people to take away from the podcast today but I feel like there you go (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Um, Keep on learning Mm. and let us know if there is any specific topic that we can research for you and uh, come to hormone-university.com or uh, Instagram is at Hormone University. And um, yeah, and and please um, help yourselves and, and share that knowledge with others as well. It's really important. Oh, thank you so, so much, Anna. It's been really great having you on the show today and I had a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, let us know on Instagram and Facebook. You can also join our community on Health Unlocked and ask any questions or share your stories. Don't forget to share, rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you also have any questions to ask or topics you would like to be discussed, feel free to send an email to info at notdefinedbyendo.com. Till next time, remember, you are not defined by endo.